Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the serialized audiobook of The Starter, Season 3 of the Galactic Football League series. Written and performed by Scott Sigler. The Starter is also available as an ebook and as an ad free, unabridged audiobook. For links to purchase any version, visit scottsigler.com slash The Starter. Preseason Week 2. From the INF City Gazette, Kraken's players honored with postseason awards by Toyat the Inquisitive. New York City, Earth, Planetary Union. GFL officials today announced the postseason awards for the 2682 campaign, a list dominated by the orange and the black. INF wide receiver Haywick was named first team all T2 thanks to a breakout season with 47 catches for 829 yards and nine touchdowns. She averaged 5.2 catches and 91.1 yards per game, and her average of one TD per game set a new franchise record. Joining her on the first-team roster is defensive end Alexander Michnik, who recorded nine sacks and 56 solo tackles on the season, and Kraken's quarterback Quentin Barnes, who was also named the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Second-team All-T2 honors went to offensive left tackle Kill Oyoit and linebacker John Tweedy. Rookie of the Year honors for Barnes came as no surprise, at least to this intrepid reporter. Barnes finished with a quarterback rating of 97.2, highest among rookie QBs, while throwing for 11 touchdowns and 1,341 passing yards. He completed 52% of his passes, averaging 14 yards per throw. While Barnes had excellent stats for a rookie passer, it was his overall impact on the Kraken's franchise that earned him the honor. In the T2 playoff semifinals, Barnes switched from quarterback to running back, where he rushed for 62 yards on 28 carries, while catching four passes for another 82 yards and a touchdown. Barnes was selfless, said Kraken's head coach Hokor the Hookchest. At a critical time against an exceptional defense, he had 144 all-purpose yards and the game-winning score to propel us into Tier 1. No question that he deserves Rookie of the Year. Orbiting death running back Ju Tweedy was named the T2 Offensive Player of the Year, followed closely by Wittok Pioneers quarterback Condor Adrian and Kraken's running back Mitchell Fayed, deceased. Big Diggers cornerback Arkham was far and away the winner of Defensive Player of the Year honors, powered by her 11 interceptions. Quentin walked down the touchback's corridor, heading for his quarters. Yitzhak Goldman walked on his left. Pilkey, a quith worker, walked on his right. Pilkey and Yitzhak had been waiting for Quentin in the shuttle bay. Yitzhak said he had something to show Quentin, and Pilkey seemed to be part of the event. The quith worker kept offering to take Quentin's bags every 30 seconds. Quentin didn't need a worker to carry his bags. He could carry them just fine, even though he was so tired he practically stumbled down the corridor. 
While he'd somewhat gotten used to the Quith warriors and leaders, the workers still freaked him out a little. At around four feet tall, they were bigger than leaders, yet significantly smaller than warriors. Except for the pedipalps, that is. Workers' pedipalps were invariably long and knotted with muscle, the result of many years of manual labor. They reminded Quentin of the arms of his co-workers back in the mines of McCovey. Crazy times, Yitzhak said. A bomb, man! Sentience died! Zack, I am exhausted, Quentin said. What is this thing you've got to show me? Let's get it over with so I can get some sleep. Quentin, anyone ever tell you you're too intense? Quentin shrugged. Well, sometimes you are. Try to relax a little. What I want to show you is in your quarters. I hope you don't mind, but since you don't have an agent, I had my agent put out the word that he was temporarily representing you. Quentin's eyes narrowed. He'd never even met Yitzhak's agent. Didn't even know who the guy was. Or girl. Or species, for that matter. Representing me for what? For endorsements, Yitzhak said. You're about to become a star, Quentin. Companies want to get in on the ground floor. Quentin hoped the presentation wouldn't take long. He just wanted his bed. His quarters were the same layout as those of other human players. A bedroom barely big enough for the bed, a bathroom, a living room with the holotank in the middle. Most of his human teammates complained about living in such a small space, but not Quentin. He didn't bother to tell them that before he started playing football on McCovey, his entire apartment had been the size of just the small bedroom and that he'd shared it with two other miners. In the climate-ravaged world of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven. Pura is a geoengineered paradise that protects its fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. In a time when the world outside is unsafe, it's vital for Pura's existence that people rally behind the purpose of the city, and Demetria Lopez, head of the city's public relations, tirelessly promotes its idyllic image. But when she stumbles on a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she's willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Ray Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. remote island in frigid Lake Superior. A fabricated creature birthed from the mind of a disturbed genius stalks the very people who created it. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling author Scott Sigler is a classic tale of science gone horribly wrong. Available wherever you get your podcasts. When they reached Quentin's quarters, the door opened automatically, and they all walked in. At least, they walked in as far as they could. Boxes were everywhere, as were display stands showing all sorts of products. Someone had been in his room, his room, messing with his stuff, setting traps for him, trying to take him out. Quentin stared. He adjusted the strap of his bag. Pilkey moved in fast, reaching out to take it. Leave it, Quentin said. Pilkey flinched as if Quentin was about to hit him. Q, Yitzhak said. Relax. Quentin turned on him. 
Don't tell me what to do. And who the hell was in here, huh? You? You planned something in here? Did you? Quentin's left hand shot out and locked on Yitzhak's right bicep, squeezed hard. You're going to make a move, Zach? Well, then come on! Yitzhak's eyes widened for a second, but he stayed stock still. He looked at Quentin's big hand, then back at Quentin. Let go, Yitzhak said. The calmness of Yitzhak's voice contrasted against the rage roiling inside of Quentin, cut through it, made Quentin see the situation for what it was. He was threatening a teammate, using physical force. Quentin let go. Yitzhak, still calm as could be, reached up his left hand and massaged his right bicep. That hurt! Quentin stepped back. His fatigue won out over his rage, dragging him back down again. Sorry, man. Yitzhak shook his head. What was that about? Nothing, Quentin said. I said I was sorry. Sorry is not going to cut it, man. You can't act like that around here. Act like what? Like you're some petty thug, swinging at everything that makes you mad. What did you think we'd done, anyway? Quentin looked away, but Yitzhak persisted. Don't clam up on me now, he said. I'll accept your apology if you tell me what that was all about. You got that mad why? Because someone touched your stuff? You make it sound like it's not that big of a deal. It's not, Yitzhak said. It's just a room. I won't accept your apology until you tell me why you did that. Zack was so calm, so patient. Even after Quentin had all but punched him out, Zack still had that expression of concern on his face. Concern for Quentin. Uh, back on McCovey, Quentin said. Your place is kind of sacred. Someone goes in there without your permission. Uh, they're trying to steal from you, or... Yitzhak crossed his arms and waited. Quentin continued. Or maybe they're putting a trap in your room, like a hidden round bug, something to hurt you or kill you. It's a McCovey thing. You wouldn't understand. You know what? You're not on McCovey anymore. Quentin rolled his eyes. I know that, Zack. I'm not stupid. Yeah, you are stupid. And you don't know it. Not in your heart. Everyone on this damn ship will fall all over themselves to help you, to back you up whenever you need it. So you had to go through some hard times on McCovey? Well, get over it. You can't react with violence all the time. Right, Quentin said. They brought me here because I'm violent. I get paid to be violent. And I'm just supposed to shut it off? Yitzhak nodded. That's exactly what you're supposed to do. You're in the GFL now. Start acting like a professional athlete and stop acting like some two-bit bully. Yitzhak was right. That behavior was unacceptable. Quentin felt his face flush red. He knew better. He had to start controlling his actions. Sorry, Quentin said again. You've already apologized to me, Yitzhak said. Maybe you should apologize to Pilkey. Quentin turned and looked down at the wide-eyed quith worker. Pilkey looked scared, but his eye kept flicking to Quentin's bag. Quentin sighed, slid the bag off his shoulder, and held it out. Pilkey grabbed it and shot off to Quentin's small bedroom. Everything clean would be put away. Everything dirty would go into the laundry. Quentin rolled out his neck and looked around the room. Yitzhak had gone to all this trouble. Since Quentin had made an ass out of himself, the least he could do was check it all out. He casually sorted through piles of stuff, picking up a black baseball bat, 
he looked at it closely and saw that his face was burned into the wood. Hey, I didn't give permission for this. It's just a mock-up, Yitzhak said. Companies want you to see what things will look like. Yeah, but I, I play football, not baseball. That's the beauty of it, Q. You don't have to use the products. You just let them put your name and face on them and collect a paycheck. Quentin set the bat down and picked up a strange plastic device that dangled with tubes and long, narrow cups. No idea what this is, but I'm pretty sure I wouldn't use it. Probably not, Yitzhak said, unless you happen to be a menstruating Scalorno. Quentin dropped the device like it had suddenly turned into a spider. Pilkey shot out of the bedroom, grabbed the device off the floor, and placed it neatly in the pile. Quentin, look, Yitzhak said. I'm not trying to get into your business here, but you are a starting Tier 1 quarterback. There are only 22 starting T1 QBs in the galaxy. You're about to become a major star, and people are willing to pay you a lot of money just to be associated with you. I get that, Quentin said. I get the whole concept, but all of this, he gestured to the piles of merchandise. All this crap, that isn't what football is about. And besides, I make plenty of money. Yitzhak laughed. Yeah, it's a good one. Why do you keep saying that? I'll make a million credits this season. That's a ton of money, Zach. I hate to break it to you, but I'm rich. Yitzhak laughed again. Then the sound faded. The smile slipped from his face. Quentin, you're serious. You think you're rich? Quentin's eyes narrowed. He suddenly wanted to punch Zach in the mouth, and he wasn't sure why. Yes, I am rich. Didn't you hear what I just said? I don't want to brag or anything, but I make a million credits a season. That would make me one of the richest people on McCovey. You're not on McCovey anymore. And yeah, a million is a good grab, but you have to understand just how much you can make from endorsements. You can make 10 times that much, maybe 20 times. Quentin sighed and rolled his eyes. Yitzhak's exaggerations weren't appreciated, even though he knew his teammate was just trying to help. Look, Zach, maybe I honestly don't care, okay? My little apartment in the Krakens building is paid for, and when I'm not there, I'm here on the ship. My food is paid for, clothes, all that stuff. I have a million credits and nothing to spend it on, so why bother? Sure, sure, all that stuff is paid for, as long as you don't get hurt. That's something I've been meaning to talk to you about. Do you mind a little advice? Quentin looked to the ceiling. Sure, why not? You're a starting Tier 1 quarterback, which means you're going to get hit like a starting Tier 1 quarterback. Even as good as sports medicine is these days, you are one play away from being finished. There goes your million credit salary. What are you going to do then? I won't get hurt. I bet that's exactly what Paul Pearson thought. The name stopped Quentin Cold, made the image of a chrome foot flash in his brain. For just a second, Quentin pictured his own leg replaced by such a contraption. He shook his head, forcing the image away. It was ridiculous to think that that would happen to him. Still, even if he had a career like Pine or Frank Zimmer, Quentin might be done with football in 15 years. Yet 15 years seemed like an eternity. He'd only been alive for 19. Quentin picked up a set of golf clubs. Quentin, do you golf? No, never been. I should pick up the game, though, so I can drive around in a stupid golf cart all the time like Coach does. Are there courses on Inath? Sure. 
If you don't mind wearing a rad suit, there are some of the best courses in the galaxy right outside the dome. And if your suit fails in any way, it will still hold your biomass together nicely while you melt. Quentin let the golf bag drop to the floor. Wow, I can't wait to get out in the links. Pilkey shot in from nowhere, grabbed the clubs, then vanished. That little guy was crazy fast. Zach, maybe we can talk about it later. I just don't want to deal with this right now. I appreciate you trying to help, but I'm going to have Pilkey throw all this garbage out to... Quentin stopped when his eyes fell on a model of a luxury yacht. About a foot long, with sleek lines that screamed wealth and speed. But it wasn't the model itself that caught his attention, but rather the holo card hovering just above it. He knew that face. Quentin picked up the model. You like yachts? Yitzhak said. I figured you was a pitchman for some swillish, watery beer. Quentin's head snapped up. Wait, a beer company wants to talk to me? Yitzhak nodded. Yep, Miller Lager. Interested? Quentin blinked. You're messing with me, Zach. Yitzhak shook his head. Nope, they were the second company to call. When Quentin had watched pirated football game coverage back in the nation, he'd loved those funny beer commercials the former GFL players did. To actually be in a commercial like that? Other than a championship ring and the cover of Galaxy Sports magazine, that was the biggest level of success a player could imagine. Interested? Yitzhak said. Not that you have a bad poker face or anything, but it sure looks like you want to know more. Yeah, I do. Can your agent set up a meeting with them? No problem. They'd be thrilled to talk to you. Miller was the second company to call, Quentin said. What was the first? Yitzhak pointed to the yacht model in Quentin's hands. You're looking at it. Word is they've been calling everywhere for months trying to find out who represents you. Quentin nodded. Okay, the yacht company and Miller Lager. Please set those meetings up. Consider it done. Any others? No, I'm not interested in the rest. Just Miller and this. I'll have Pilkey get all this out tomorrow, Zach, but if you could take off, I, I want to get some sleep. Right, Yitzhak said. I'll get out of your way. Rest up. The free agents arrive tomorrow. Free agents? Yep, free agents tomorrow, rookies the day after. Season begins in three weeks, Q. We gotta load up on new talent. The helpful third-string quarterback walked out of the room. Quentin sat on his couch. One small cushion was the only uncluttered part of his apartment on which he could sit, and stared at the model of the yacht, and the face above it, the face that had told him all about the prison ship that had become the Combine. He stared at the face of his country. You have been listening to The Starter, Season 3 of the Galactic Football League Series, written and performed by Scott Sigler. Produced by Ariok Morningstar with post-production by Steve Rickyberg. For more information on Scott and more free stories, go to scottsigler.com. Theme music is the song The Kids Are Coming For You by the band Superweapon. Superweaponband.com.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.